Good evening, and thank you for tuning in to interview with DJ Malterna. Please like, subscribe, and share if you're listening on my YouTube channel, DJ Malterna, or on my radio show, modsnapradio.com, or on my podcasts, uh, which, you can, which you can hear on various audio streaming platforms, or just go to djmalterna.com. My guest, so fortunate to have him on the show. He is a true vampire. I should have called this uh, interview, interview with the vampire. <laughs> uh, he's the bassist and founding member of one of the most influential Gothic rock band, Bauhaus. Please welcome Mr. David J. Thank you, David. Thank you for, thank you for, <laughs> yeah, I have to give the proper introduction for uh, a true vampire. Thank you for uh, coming on the show. I know you, you, you're, um, you're busy with so many stuff going on and I'm so grateful to have you on. You've got a lot of stuff going on, actually. You've got um, Bauhaus coming, you know, touring again. Yes, um, and you got your, uh, your latest album, What the Patrons Heard. It's yes, going to be released in a couple of weeks. So thank you for taking this time. Uh, as well, the new, the new band. Yeah. With uh, Victor De Lorenzo from Violent Femmes and, and Darwin. Oh, yeah, yeah, that too. Yeah, so yeah, that's another one too. Yeah, in fact, uh, I'm going to be talking to Victor too, De Lorenzo, sometime. Okay, well, you know, I've been like, as you know, um, a big fan of Bauhaus. I grew up listening to Bauhaus. Uh, you know, they, they're considered, I guess, the first gothic record in a flat field. I remember that when that came out in uh, 1979 or 80 on 4AB. Thank you so much. Yeah. So, you know, uh, Perry Farrell from Jane's Addiction, you know, d- described you as the the avant of the avant-garde. And, uh, and I had to look up the, the actual term and what that meant in French because I wanted to find out uh, what exactly, you know, I look at words and see how they, what they really mean. And uh, that, that's uh, part of the army that goes out forward um, ahead of the rest. And, you know, that's truly you. I can see that. I can see you as, uh, you know, really ahead of your time in, in your music and in everything you've done so far. Um, including, um, you know, being in the Bauhaus. <laughs> That's what it means. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, Bauhaus is such a timeless band and, uh, you know, they've been around since the late seventies. I mean, I, I think, I think, um, you've even, you know, old goth, uh, you know, what they're called, you know, the older goth, uh, kids, yeah. and the new goth. ones, <laughs> they all listen to Bauhaus. Yeah. And uh, that's amazing. Uh, so you're, you're such a diverse artist as well. You know, you, I know you're influenced by uh, a reggae artist. I, I don't know if many people know that, but you are influenced by a reggae bassist. Um, his name is Errol Flaba. Holt. Yeah. I didn't even know that, you know, not for yeah, a very long time. As far as my bass playing goes, yes. And, and dub reggae was very influential on Bauhaus. Because it, it was uh, where we come from, Northampton, there's a big Rastafarian community there. Mm. And they would have these sound system events um, in this big hall. And uh, they would have competing DJs and they would have toasting contests where, you know, there's, they pass the mic around and it's sort of like freestyling, but it's like a kind of rap, but it's over the over the dub plates, as they called them, which came directly from Jamaica. And you can only hear reggae like that and that loud in those those environments. 
um, we we used to go in there. You know, we were actually the only four white guys in there. Oh yeah. Um, but um, after initial, like the first the first time, you know, we got a few funny looks, but they soon sussed out that we would we were not there to cause any trouble. Quite the reverse, and uh, we were accepted, and then we got to be known and. You know, we had a great time there. That was a really special period. That was in the the late 70s. And reggae was very big in England at that time because a lot of the, the, the West Indians came over to England in the 50s. And then, you know, the, their kids grew up in England and brought the music, you know, and the music had been brought over. And um, there's always that connection. You know, mm-hmm. if you think something like Don Letts at yeah. the time when punk was happening, Don who was a friend of ours, and actually co-directed the Bauhaus um, Telegram Sound video. Mm-hmm. Uh, Don was really instrumental as a DJ. He was a DJ at the Roxy in London. And there weren't that many, he would say this himself, there weren't that many records that he could play as far as punk records were concerned it, when it started. So he would fill out his sets with reggae and especially dub. Yeah. That really sort of, that became... Um, very influential on a lot of musicians, you know, you think of like The Clash and bands like that. Um, so it seeped in, you know. I mean, Bella Lugosi's Dead would not exist in its in its form as it is without dub reggae. Yeah. It's wow. just, it's not trying to be, you know, cod Jamaican reggae, but it's really, really being influenced and taking that sound and it's really abstract music. It's like Ian uh, Eno described it as pure abstraction, because you are taking from a source, and you are you're stripping it down, and you're taking out elements, and you are making it abstract, and uh, making something new out of um, an original uh, piece. Um, so we were, we were applying that to our own our own sound and our own yeah cultural background you know yeah i mean you've always been really diverse i mean even i mean from what i you know since i've known you you've always known like all range different types of music which i always thought it wasn't just very very curious you know i just have the antennae up and i just let things catch my ear and my imagination Mm -hmm. and then i dive in you know if i'm sufficiently you know turned on by whatever it is you know yeah, in fact, you were the first member of Bauhaus, right, to release your solo work outside of the band, right? Yeah. But, yeah. And um, I don't know, if, I could be wrong, but it was that the first collaboration with, uh, with Renee Halkett? Uh, yeah, I actually did that when I was in the band um, okay. in 1981. Yeah, and that was the first. Um, yeah. First. Yeah, so, um, that's, that's wonderful. You know, I, I know that um, that, that is such a, a collectible. I know that. I don't. I don't even know if you can get that anymore from the when it was released initially. I think. Uh, it's, look, I have Rene up on my. You see that? You see Rene? Yeah, and and that's your loot, isn't it? <laughs> Did you inherit that loot? Self-portrait that I inherited when he passed. Did, did you inherit a loot as well? His it's loot. Guitar. It's a cross between a loot and a guitar. Oh, you did right. Yes, it's oh, okay. it dates from back to 1860. Yeah, have you used that to play? I have used it. And one time, and one time only, 
when I did the, the 20th anniversary reissue of the Rene Halkett project, and Rene had sent me a cassette tape with the two spoken word pieces that appeared on the seven-inch single. And then on the other side, as he put it, to just fill up the tape, he recited another long piece that's a kind of fable called The New God. And so when I did that reissue, I was looking for something extra and this was just perfect. And then I just went in and I improvised some music around that long piece. I had, the, I had his voice in my headphones and I thought, well, the instrument to use on this is the, the sacred lutar. So I, I took that in and tuned it up. You know, I've never, never played it before. And this melody came out of it. I really felt like it's making, making me shiver now. I felt this really strong spectral presence of Rene. It was Rene behind me, guiding me. And I did this thing in one take. Wow. Almost yeah. as if, like, like I was channeling something. I was just a conduit. And that was very, very special, yeah. So if you, it's on the CD of uh, the Rene Halkett. Uh, there was a reissue, right? The 20th anniversary reissue. Yeah. But yeah. initially, the amazing thing about this is that it was, the amazing thing about this is how it was recorded. I know you, you took a cassette player and you met up with him. Well, I did, yeah, no, I just, um, he was telling me about his poetry and when I visited, visited him in uh, Cornwall and his little house there, and it, he recited some poems, which I thought were wonderful. And then we came up with this idea of setting it to music. No, I suggested that I could set this to music, Rene. And he loved the idea and he said, well, let me, let me record it and then I'll send you a cassette, which, which is what he did. I still have that. Uh, yeah, so you hear like it's, it's recorded in his kitchen, so you hear the birds outside the window, and it's all part of the charm of it. Yeah, that's that's really amazing. I mean, if people want to check that out on your on your um, Bandcamp um, on your website, yeah, uh, David J. Um, I mean, there's so many things you can check out. I mean, this is like that. That's one of the reasons that you're so avant garde. You're the avant of avant garde. You know, just doing all those uh, wonderful things. Now, I, I know you also did um, uh, a lot of collaboration with other artists. Um, Asia Argento, for one, and then yeah. Mimi of the Frozen Roses. Uh, how did you um, connect with her? Uh, well, we've been, we corresponded a long time ago via email. Um, uh, I can't remember how I, I initially connected with her. It's so long ago. I've, it might have been something to do with Genesis Peorage. Anyway, I had her email and we had been back and forth and she wanted to make art with me, as she put it. And so we'd spoken about this, but never got down to doing it. And then I was, re I was recording with Anton Newcomb in Berlin from uh, Brian Jonestown Massacre. Uh, he wanted to work with me. So he invited me over to his studio and we didn't have we didn't have any anything formed. We were just going to improvise and come up with something, which I love doing, and he's really good at. So we came up with this music, both of us. And then he he asked if I had any any spoken word or any, any anything um, surreal, poetry wise. And on the plane over, I'd written this 
this piece um, about a girl I just met in Italy. And uh, that was there, you know, and I, and I just spontaneously, I said, let's try this. And I read it and it worked perfectly with the music. And then I, I finished it and I thought, well, it needs something else. And then I thought, well, I'm, hear I'm hearing um, Azir's voice on this, that husky, you know, like sexy voice. And I knew that Anton had worked with Azir and I was in touch with her. So I suggested this idea to him. And he said, I'll phone her now. She was in New York. She was actually in bed with a, a cold. But um, we just put this idea to her and I, I gave her, I described um, a scenario to do with the lyric and I asked her to, to interpret what I just said and come up with her own words and to record, record it in Italian and also in English. Yeah, and beautiful. Because it was appropriate because the song is about an Italian woman. And uh, yeah, just again, really spontaneous, you know, it all just came together. And uh, I know you also collaborated with Rose McGowan. Yeah, it was the same time. Yeah. And again, uh, you know, I, I met Rose in LA a couple of times and she wanted to collaborate and I was into that idea. We didn't have a project at the time. And then, you know, I had, I was working on that album and I wanted to revisit this song the auteur and I thought this, you know, she, she, she could be very um, appropriate again to the song because of her, her history with, um, you know, the whole me too business, you know, and it, the song, when I wrote that song, the me too didn't exist. Although the situation that, you know, that, that is um, dealing with certainly existed. Um, yeah. So it, it became more loaded and more pointed, and um, it was a song that was um, timely in its revival. And I just thought, oh, I think she could do something powerful on this, you know. So we did we did the little spoken word thing at the end, and she she loved the song. She very much identified with the song on a very personal level. Yeah. Oh wow. And so that's how that came together. Again, just really spontaneous, you know, not yeah. a lot of planning. I mean, just that's how that's how they work, right? Spontaneous ideas work. Like that. And there's no, mm -hmm. there's a flow, you know, and you just tune into that flow. Right, right. And I, I know you you remix um, with you you worked with uh, Julian Shaw Taylor, the Singularity, in a remix yeah. last year. That's another collaboration. Um, yeah. Recording with Julian, uh, I did some recordings in lockdown that have turned out great. Um, one we did a, a collaboration with him and Bob Margalef, who's an incredible, you know, mm -hmm. yeah, Stevie Wonder. It all the classic Stevie Wonder, mm -hmm. Innovision yeah. and Superstition. Love that for the city, and he he produced a track of mine for free, and it was like a masterclass. I tell you. Uh, called uh, the song is called "Hurt You." Oh yeah! Wow. Um, it's I, I released it on um, on Patreon. A, a lot of the all these tracks actually I did three with Julian only on Patreon. 
So yeah, I know. Them. We're going to talk. Keep them exclusive up until a point, you know. Sometimes I keep them exclusive forever. So you, the only way you you can be privy to these songs and this music and art, whatever I'm doing, is if you are a member of my Patreon. Is- yeah, and that's exactly why you're going to be releasing an album. It's called What the Patrons Heard. Yes. And these are all songs. I, I know there's 10 songs and uh, the release date is March 25th on Give and Take. And um, I know these were tracks that you, that you um, I guess, release on, on, on your, to your subscribers, right? The Patreon yes. subscribers from 1986 to 2020. Yeah. So you kept them there. So you have to be a subscriber, right? How, yeah. did, you, how did you manage to keep that there and not releasing it? I mean, that's really hard. Is that hard to do? <laughs> you know, just like, okay, well. Uh, not really. I mean, I've got so much in my archive. And I release tracks when they're, they're right, when they're appropriate, you know, and it's if they fit in with an album. Uh, and sometimes, sometimes the songs, they, they become kind of lost, you know. They're shelved, and they're not shelved because they're not good. They're shelved because they didn't quite fit in with the album that I was making at the time when I recorded them. So I just put them on the back burner with the idea of, you know, one day they'll, they'll, they'll come out to play as it were. But Patreon has been a great, a great um, outlet for me um, considering that I have this archive to let these tracks be released, but exclusively to the patrons. And it, I mean, it's a small club. There's only about a hundred people in there. I'd like to make it a lot bigger yeah, so that's patreon.com slash David J. Yeah, they wanted, they wanted to be a member, and they, you know, I you can actually, if you go to that page, you can actually see how you want to be a member. There's different formats, right? Yeah, yeah, and it's very, I think it's very reasonable, very reasonable yeah. in that. I mean, you can sign up for just a dollar per item that I put out, and you can also cap that. And so, this is a on a monthly basis. So if you want to if you want to put in a dollar and you cap it at one thing if I come up with three things three songs or whatever then you're only charged one dollar you're not charged three dollars similarly if you you can be a hundred dollars I've got some hundred dollar patrons and of course they're like top tier patrons and they get extra things they get invited to shows like mm-hmm. I'll send them postcards when I'm on the road things like that um, wow, that's that's pretty good like little private things, you know. Um, but there's, yeah, I mean, ranges from what a dollar to a hundred dollars. Yeah, and and if if people want to find that out, I mean, they got to be a patron subscriber, or else they wouldn't know, right? Because it's yeah. very, it's very, it's very exclusive. Yeah. Um, now I know that um, I know you're cel- you're going to be celebrating your birthday in April, April twenty fourth. Um, yeah. I remember you're a Taurus, which is I'm a big astrology person, and uh. Mm-hmm. Now, I also know that on one of your birthdays, maybe a few years ago, I know Darwin surprised you with um, a special gift. Um, and yeah, I believe it's, um, yeah, there it is. Now, is that available only to the patrons? To the patrons? On- no, it's not available to anybody. <laughs> oh. I, mean, I gave it away to, to friends. Oh, my God. I got to have a copy no, of that well, because... You got... Um, a dozen of the, not even that, maybe six copies of this, you know. 
but it's something that I would I would make available as a special item for the for the patrons, you know, um, in some some way. It's typical of of like for, for the top tier patrons, mm-hmm. you know, that first come first served. You know, I could put this up. Yeah. So it's called um so I know that there's specific people in there. I know Pathfish is in there, Soraya. Who, who else is on that? For people that I don't know if you want to release that information, yeah. but these are all like friends doing covers of my songs. Mm-hmm. And uh it was a complete surprise. I wasn't expecting this at all. Uh Jenny V, Damien Youth did a really good one. Um Anthony Vaccaro, um, Michael Berg, Brent Meyer. Yeah. Some some really great covers on that. Yeah. And and I Soraya, who's a Tuvan throat singer, who actually uh, performed mm-hmm. that um a really beautiful, I mean, you guys did a great job with Bella Lagosi's Dead, you know, at the concert in San Francisco that I saw with Joe Tracy and Chapel, yeah. And they, that was just a wonderful concert and just uh that whole with him singing with his with that powerful voice um, thing. Um, wow, it's just amazing. Yeah, he'll be opening for Bauhaus in Portland because that's his home city. Oh, okay. Just that oh. Yeah, so I was in Mexico City recently, which was which was wonderful because his family's all from there. So are you still doing um I know you're still doing your living room. Um well, I am, but I've put everything on hold to do the Bauhaus gigs, you know. We've all agreed that, that the only shows that we'll be doing this year are Bauhaus shows. No, oh, okay, so okay. I'm doing a few DJ gigs. Oh, okay, got- yeah, yeah. And maybe one in Hawaii, right? Pretty soon. Ah, uh, yes, I'll be. Yeah, there. probably sometime in the year, in the end of the year, somewhere around there. Great, yeah. Maybe, yeah, yeah. Okay, wow, I'm I'm excited. Yeah, I so you know for the living room gigs, I know um, you're not doing it now, but in the future, how does somebody wanna? What's the process of that? Like, if somebody like a promoter out there or somebody who wants to have a living room with David J, how do they go about? They usually approach. Uh, they ch- approach me via my manager Darwin through um, through one of my sites. You know, sometimes it's just Facebook or yeah. No, Darwin's uh, contact is up there on Bandcamp. Sometimes it comes through that. I get, it's been very successful and I get so many offers. I, I turn down a lot. So it's, it's nice now because I'm super selective over where I go. And because there are so many, I can, I can plan uh, an itinerary, you know, that mm-hmm. makes sense, you know. So do I do three in a row or four in a row in a certain area? And it's not just America, it's international. Right, right. Yeah. Um, that's, uh, that, so I guess that's for I the next, them. I guess for next year. I really love doing them. I'd much rather do that than playing a club. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. A very different experience. So the album you know, what the patrons heard is going to be released on March 25th on Give and Take. And I know there's 10 tracks there. And I know one of them I really, I really like is called Scott Walker. Uh, and I know that's, uh, that wasn't one of your, I mean, you, re- you released that earlier on, right? I remember. Um, I know it's, a, it's, it's, it's only through Patreon. Oh, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, that, that, that's a, I know you're, you must be a, a big fan of the of the singer um, composer. Yeah. yeah, the lyrics to that, it's a poem by my friend Jeremy Reed. And yeah. I set it to music with my other friend, Michael Berg. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, he's all he's also an avant-garde musician in very many ways, you know, and Absolutely. I yes. And I always loved his cover of, uh, you know, uh, my death. Um, I know David Bowie did it, and yes, Jackie, and all this stuff. I know he's a big fan of Jack Brell, Jack Brell, and uh, yeah, that's what I always love that line of artists that you know David Bowie and, and yourself, and I, I just yeah. see it as uh, yeah. You know so that, the story of how Scott discovered Jack Brell. How, how did he discover it? Mm -hmm. He um, apparently he was at the Playboy Club. I think it's the one in Chicago. Oh. And he chatted up some some bunny girl and they ended up you know going back to her flat actually no it was in london and um and they were playing records and she yeah. she had all the scott walker she had the scott walker albums the solo albums and he hadn't heard he had the jack braille albums rather and he hadn't heard braille at that point but then she, she turned him on to this uh this Belgium poet Burrell, very emotive, and he fell in love with it, and decided, you know, there and then he was going to cover the songs, and he and he certainly did, you know, he covered oh, a number. I mean, at least an album's worth. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So a lot of these tracks are from your Patreon um, subscribers. So you got Vampire Blues, which is a cover of. Um, um what is Il the name of that yeah uh that singer um yeah yeah so there's uh, several of them and they haven't been released yet but they're going to be but um i think that's uh that's wonderful how you're doing this so are are i know you have more songs in there are you gonna um do this again i know you get, you're gonna keep it um no well, i don't think so I don't yeah well i mean why did you decide no, to do this on taste, this? you know it's a taste of what is available on, on the patreon site Okay. Yeah. yeah. And hopefully it'll bring people, more people to, to oh, that. Yeah. And I'll have more patrons, you know. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, you know, like I said, there's uh, all this stuff that there's hidden, hidden gems in there. <laughs> people want to yeah. check that out. And I, I, I know you released your book um, back in uh, 2017 when you came to Hawaii. I remember the book, Who Killed Ma uh, Mr. Moonlight, Bauhaus, Black Magic and Benediction. Yes. And um that's uh, and then that's still available on um, even on Amazon. Yeah, there's only a few left though. It's nearly sold out. The second edition, apparently. And I just heard that it's um, it's just been published in Russia, which is strange timing. But there oh, you go. Oh, really? Yeah, the Russian language version. Oh. There's um, also strong possibility of a Spanish language version coming up. So in, I know there's a Bauhaus tour also coming out and um, I'm going to be at the San Francisco one in the Masonic. So this is the first um, tour in 16 years. Yeah. That's, that's what I heard. Yeah. It seems like, wow, that's a, a long time ago. I remember you guys did that. Um, I, I didn't get a chance to go, but um, I'm really excited for that. Are, are you guys preparing for that? And I know um, there's a, there's a list of, dates here already i see all the 
you're going to start out in uh, is it California? Uh, I can't remember if it's California. World, which is a fest- two-day festival in Pasadena in May, and that's we do two those two-day gigs, and then we do a run up the um, the coast, heading north. Yeah. So uh, this is a Europe. We go to uh, Barcelona Primavera Festival playing there. And then we're doing a big festival in Greece. Oh, yeah. So that's later in the year then. Yeah, there's some, yeah, here and there, you know. Yeah. Wow, how exciting. Yeah, I know. I uh, I mean, um, I think some tickets are sold out already, but um, some some might still be available. Yeah, there's a few. Yeah. Wow, I'm so excited. Okay, wow. So if anybody want to check out your uh, your your latest um, album, what the Patreons heard, they can check you out. They can find that on your uh, website, yeah. davidjonline.com, and also on your Bandcamp page, davidjofficial.bandcamp.com, and of course your Patreon page, which uh, people should subscribe if they want to get those secrets, <laughs> hidden gems. Yeah. Um, patreon.com slash David J. Yes. All right. Well, I'm really excited. Thank you. It's always wonderful to talk to another vampire. Okay. We can release the bats now. <laughs> thank you. Okay. Thank you. Not okay. Too- let me just, let me just uh, turn this off for a moment.